Welcome back to Footsteps in the Attic, the podcast dedicated to all things strange and paranormal. I am so excited to have my guest on tonight, and I wish that I had made her stories part of my Halloween series, because let me tell you, she has pretty much experienced everything you could experience in the paranormal realm. Uh, She is a psychic medium. She is a very talented artist, by the way, which we're going to get into that later in the interview. But I want to extend a warm welcome to Miss Nikki Lee in New Orleans. Nikki, how are you tonight? Hey, doing great. How are you? Very well. I hear the weather is great in New Orleans. It is. It's beautiful. It's actually perfect. So, <laughs> <laughs> And how fitting that you're this psychic medium and you find yourself in New Orleans, the voodoo paranormal capital of the U.S. Yep, it was meant to be, I think. (laughs) Now, Nikki, you have had experiences in the paranormal realm really your entire life, correct? Yeah, probably since about 10, 11 years old is when I started really experiencing things. Now, when you say that, can you give me an example of something that you experienced or your earliest memory of experiencing something that was out of the ordinary? Sure, yeah. Um, Let's see. I, I would say my first real memory was I had just kind of woken up out of a sleep, and I was half asleep, half awake, and I was seeing flashes like in your in your mind's eye like when you're still dreaming if you know what i'm talking about sure um of what looked like if i were to look down it would be a chest but it wasn't my chest it was like a man's chest and it was kind of hairy right (laughs) and i was i was hearing this sound it was like a a loud electric whining sound and then a thud like boom and i would hear that a couple of times while i was in and out of sleep and my actual own chest would rise and fall while this was happening. Wow. Yeah. And so I didn't know, you know, I was like, oh, whatever. You know, after I got up, I was, you know, went about my day. thought it was like a weird dream. And I went for a bike ride with my mother. And she mentioned during the bike ride, she was like, you know, your great uncle Larry, he had a heart attack this morning and they had to essentially code him. Um, and they were using paddles and the whole bit. And I remember kind of thinking, wait, that's weird. And I asked her what time, and it was like the exact same time when I had the experience wow. that I had while I was, you know, in my half, half awake state. Um, and that's kind of the first time that time just felt like it slowed down for me. Cause I knew something was different. You know, it was like, I just, I connected with him. I felt like I could feel what he was feeling in that moment. And, you know, so, yeah. Do you, um, you know, we're going to do a little bit of time jumping, you know, throughout the interview, but I mean, uh, we had talked off air and you had told me that, you know, later in your life, you kind of found out that this was ancestral. Like you had some experiences, not only, you know, you, but your family bloodline. Is that correct? That is correct. Yep. And that was on your your father's side? 
Yeah, definitely very prominently on my father's side and potentially a little bit on my mother's side as well. She um she has some stories about when she would get super mad at people, things would kind of just like happen to them, but I don't I don't know. It was it was more prominently on my father's side. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, it's almost like you get this, you, you know, you get the mediumship from your father's side, but it sounds like your mother could kind of conjure some poltergeist activity because that was very much based on emotion. Yeah, it seems like it. Now, do you do you recall like when you were young being able to sort of read a room, read people's auras, read energy, you know, get little flashes uh, you know in terms of premonitions about people oh yeah um i remember one time i was sitting in a doctor's office and they had people coming in the room and i thought it would be fun to just kind of like imagine okay what's the next person gonna look like that's gonna walk through the door so i kind of just pretend and imagine what they might look like and that exact same person would walk through the door Whoa. Um, yeah, so, Does you that, know, it was like a, yeah, go ahead. that? And I said, did that freak you out even as like a youngster? Like, whoa, wait a minute. I just thought that and here's that person. Yeah, it did. But I didn't know what to do with that information. I was just like, oh, that's cool. You know? <laughs> right, right. Do you feel like, um, know what I like do you feel like was that normal for you or did you recognize even at a young age like hey this isn't something that everybody else has I didn't necessarily think I was that different because it was I guess a normal lived experience for me you know mm -hmm. um, and and my parents were very open-minded my father had very openly talked about his experiences and what his family have been through with me since a young age. So I was just like, Oh, okay. This is, I guess, normal for me, <laughs> you know? Whoa. That's a now what's an example of something that you could share that your father went through? Yeah. So when my dad was real young, he told me this story once he was also laying in bed and, um, he remembers seeing like a figure walk down the hall, but he was, in his in his mind he was seeing this and he tried to get up and he was paralyzed i guess like sleep paralysis they didn't know what that was back then and he couldn't get out of bed and um his brother was in the room with him and now he doesn't remember this but the brother said that while this was happening to my dad he saw my dad levitate off the bed whoa and my dad says he has no memory of that. Um, but this is what my uncle claims is that he saw him kind of come off the bed. And he, yeah. my uncle, hightails it out the room. And um, then my father falls back down on the bed. And he said in his mind's eye while this was happening and he was paralyzed, that figure came into the room and then burst into like a million different orbs, like right. energy hitting yeah. throughout the room. Yeah. And he, he told his mom about it. And his... <laughs> His mom, you know, my grandmother being real Catholic, she had a newspaper from, I don't know, some Catholic newspaper, and it had, like, something about exorcism in there. Yeah. And she put it on the table, and she was like, we might need to do this for you. Right. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, that's just one of the stories that he told me that when is, he was a kid. That is incredible. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm a Catholic myself, so I know definitely, uh, you know, exorcisms can be uh, brought up on occasion in this, <laughs> in the faith. But, um, I mean, it's just overwhelming to me to hear that story, but also it's nothing I've not heard before. So everything you're saying falls in line with people who have had and have genuine psychic abilities, especially with the sleep paralysis. Sometimes the people that have that ability are not aware and they're in their you know, sleep state, but all these extraordinary things are happening around them. So it doesn't shock me that your father did not remember that. Yeah. You know, um, I'm curious again, a little bit of time jumping, but as you got older and your abilities got more pronounced, did people that you shared your abilities with, did they start asking for readings and how did that go for you? Was that draining for you? Uh, my teenage years were kind of rough. I don't know if you want me to talk about like from my teenage to my 20s because that was like sure. a whole different experience for me. But the teenage years were very, very rough for me. Um, I That's when I started to really realize, okay, I'm not like everybody else. This isn't normal. Yeah. Um, and then we started to learn about mental health. And I was like, am I crazy? Or is this, is right. this stuff really happening? And, you know, so um, I did struggle a lot and I would share with my friends some of the stuff that was happening and they were just like, whoa, dude, I don't know. You know, that's crazy. <laughs> just and I was like, OK, you know, and then it wasn't until really my 20s that I started kind of trying trying things out. Yeah, um, it was usually after I had a few drinks at the bar. And let me tell you. This is not talked about. I, I mean, I can't find any literature on this, but whenever I would have a couple of drinks, I could read people so easy. I mean, it was like. It kind of makes sense to me because your inhibitions that, that, you know, your blockers were gone. So any trepidation you might have about reading people probably went away. And so you weren't afraid to use your gift. Yeah. And I mean, it just started happening. You know, I would just read people at the bar and actually people were very receptive to me. I was kind of shocked. And I was also kind of comfortable doing that. And I could always just blame it on if they were like, whoa, dude, you were crazy. I was like, haha, yeah, you know, I just had a couple of drinks, you know, like (laughs) it was the margaritas. (laughs) Right, right. But then I started to notice that when I would read them, it would be correct information. And then they were like, wow, you know, like interesting. Um, so I just was like, wow, it'd be really funny if I was just like the drunk medium, like, (laughs) is that my, (laughs) you know, that's going to be my thing here or what? But, um, yeah, so it, it really isn't until somewhat recently that I've been just comfortable with who I am and that it's really a part of who I am. I cannot deny it. I can't deny it at this point. If I'm crazy, it is what it is, you know? Let's see, but you're not. That's the thing. You're an extraordinary individual. You were given a gift. So your life is very normal under the parameters of the extraordinary gift that you have. Because you're not telling me anything that I haven't heard from people with your abilities. So it is quite normal. 
Yeah. You know, so you shouldn't feel that way ever because you do have a gift and it's great that you're sharing it now and being who you are because that's your, you know, you're a bright light on the world. Yeah. Well, thank you. Do, do you find, is it draining for you when you read someone and what's one, of, what's something extraordinary that you've pulled out of somebody that they've later come back to you and gone, Oh my God, like you were right. Or how did you know that? Um, if you I can remember, say, I would say most of my reading. So I know people say psychic medium, Yeah. Um, but I would, and usually everyone seems like they agree. Okay. If you're a medium, you're psychic, but for me, it's not like so much I'm seeing into the future. When yeah. I do readings, it's very much, in the present and it's usually just me talking to people who have passed on yeah no you're you're right actually i don't mean to cut you off you are correct and and i might even have been mistaken in my introduction to you because you're right there are mediums who don't who don't get psychic messages from the future there are mediums who can solely speak to those who have passed on and get information from them so you are 100 percent correct there is a difference yeah, I mean, I, I sure a few times like I'll I'll know things that happen before they happen, but it's really more like I can talk to people who have passed over, and mm -hmm. that seems to be the main thing for me. Yeah, and it is very draining though, definitely. Um, like how it happens for me is I usually start seeing images. I'll kind of get into almost like a trance mode. It'll kind of just take over me, and I'll be like, okay, someone's trying to communicate right now, and um. You know, I'll usually see a lot of times it's a hair color first, which is interesting. Like I'll see like blonde, red. Oh, that is gray. interesting. Yeah. So I'll see it's almost like the person's head comes into view or something. And then um, they'll start like one time I was reading my ex-boyfriend's grandfather who passed over and he showed himself and his face was right in my face. And I was like, wow, you know, and I could see his big blue eyes. Like usually it's a defining characteristic. I'm like, oh, your grandfather had blue eyes. And he said, you know, yes. And then he seemed frustrated, like he couldn't talk. He couldn't get out what he what he wanted to say. And I could he was showing me his body moving around like he was trying to get something out of his mouth and nothing was coming out. And I'm like, he's really frustrated. He can't speak. And, um, you know, the guy I was dating at the time said, yeah, you know, the end of his life, he had a, a trach placed and he couldn't speak. And that was very frustrating for him. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's it's little things like that, and it's usually very visual for me. Like, I actually see them in my mind's eye, and they'll show me, like, certain characteristics. And, you know, if they play piano, they'll show me a piano. Um, just, it's images. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes, some, some of them are very talkative, um, but, you know, it's usually, like I said, images that I see and they can convey through that. Yeah. Now I want you to expand on that if you don't mind, because you know, the lay people out there who don't experience what you experience when you say talkative, are you, is it more like a telepathic thing where you can, you just know what they're saying or do you audibly hear a voice in your head? Like, can you assign a tone to what they're saying or is it more just like you're picking up, from their, you know, their, their thoughts. Yeah, I guess it's like I'm picking up from their thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, you know how you have that your inner voice and kind of like everyone, well, most people, yeah. I would assume, have that where 
they talk to themselves. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that. It's but then I can tell it's like you're like this isn't my words. It's like somebody else's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not like I hear it in real time. It's kind of right. just like you know in my head, I guess. Which yeah. sounds interesting. Not that great, I guess. But um. You know, usually it, they'll show, like I said, their face, like, okay, this is who I am. And then I kind of like feel their energy and then the dialogue will happen. Or like if I ask a question, I can get an answer. Um, and you know, that's amazing. And yeah. cast and Casper agrees, by the way, that's her dog. Oh, did you hear him? <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah, he's barking. I let him outside. I was like, I'm doing something right now. You've got to go out there and stop barking. Shout out to Casper, by the way. Um, <laughs> now, Nikki, you've had extraordinary experiences, and we're going to try to cover at least bullet point some of them that you've had, and it's fascinating. But I'm curious, you've had incidents where you've had scratch marks appear on your legs, and I've seen the photos, and they tend to look like threes and sort of like an animal like claw formation which in my experience tends to lean towards something negative or demonic and you've been very courageous and uh, you know forthcoming and like okay th that's a possibility that that's happened what how has that door opened for you in the past where you've experienced this <laughs> Well, I've had scratches and bruises and woken up with uh, all kinds of weird stuff. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I it started when I was young. My father got them, too. That's another thing that runs in the family, I guess. Yeah. Um, but they started getting worse, I guess, when I kind of opened a door. I, start, I did start kind of messing around with witchcraft at one point it was mm -hmm. never anything dark i'm right. not a dark individual but i would just like burn a candle and try to you know just i want this to happen kind of thing yeah um and you know one time i might have kind of opened a door that i probably shouldn't have and then i woke up with these huge ones which i think you saw the the photo i sent you of the really bad ones yes I yeah. woke up with that. And actually I was supposed to go to Hawaii with my family, um, that week. And I had to walk around on the beach with these big claw marks on yeah. my legs. Yeah. And I, people actually turned and looked like they double takes. And it's so awkward because I can't explain how that happened. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. and that's when I kind of, it really just made me feel gross. And I felt, I felt, bad that I did kind of open that door and I regret it to this day. Yeah. Um, I should have never done that. Um, now, if I you really don't, don't want to go into detail about that because it was a dark time in my life and sure. Yeah. I mean, but, it, it, you know, listen, I've had people on that have participated in rituals that they regret. I've had people on that have messed around with a Ouija board that they that they regret and i think it's just very powerful that people hear this because it will dissuade people from opening doors that perhaps they should not open so i appreciate you being willing to talk about that yeah 
Yeah, you know? I mean, I, I think it's important that I do mm-hmm. um, because like you said, there there might be someone listening that needs to hear this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the darkness can be tempting and seductive. Yeah. But when you actually, when I actually felt the energy coming my way, it was the most disgusting, visceral thing that I've ever felt. Wow. Um, extremely powerful and just... I cannot describe to you how I, how I felt. Um, and I immediately stopped what I was doing and was like, absolutely not. Like, I, this wow. is not what I thought I, this was. Yeah. And, um, you know, I woke up with those, those marks on my body that I can't explain. And no, I didn't have any, any pets at that time. And I lived by myself and I, do not think I could have replicated that because my fingernails are not that sharp. I mean, those things look like a razor blade did it. No, I I've seen the photos. It, I mean, it looks like a wolf or an animal. You know what I mean? It, there's no way you did that. There's just, there's no way. Yeah. So, you know, um, I learned the hard way, but mm-hmm. it's not worth it. It's, it's just not those those things are the spiritual world is really there. Yes. It really is. Yes, it is. And in fact, I would argue it's probably more real than this world that we're in now. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Absolutely. A hundred percent. There's 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 a spiritual battle going on. And a lot of people will never feel it, but it's there. And it's very important to stay in the light because the dark will tempt you. And in the beginning, for those who are messing around with it, you'll probably get what you're asking, but then there's always a price to it. There's always a price. And that's what people need to hear. That is absolutely true. Um, you know, and you can't even, you can't even bargain with these entities because essentially that's what I thought I could do. Right. You know, like I could, you know, just make a deal if you will. It doesn't mean I'm of that, but that's not, not at all. If those scratches prove anything, it's showing I own you. Right. Right. And in some cases an attachment comes through and like you had said, it sometimes it feels like that attachment isn't fully gone. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I still, after you feel that type of energy though, Mm -hmm. you kind of, you can kind of feel it more in the world in general. I don't know how to explain that. It's like, once you've been exposed to it, then you know what it is when it's around you. That makes sense. You you can, it's, it's like feeling evil. So you can, it's a tangible thing now for you. So like when you're, around it it's like oh yeah this is familiar right i know thank uh, yeah and i'm yeah you uh i appreciate your your honesty and your candor by the way thank you for for that i know it's not an easy subject matter to talk about nobody likes to you know recall dark moments so thank you for doing that yeah Um, yeah I feel like it's necessary for me to, to have said that. No, it is. And you're helping people. You really are. And you had another interesting story and, and you and I talked a little bit about it, but uh, it involves what I perceive to be a Wendigo. And a Wendigo is 
a negative spirit, typically in the Native American culture. And I'm curious, like what you could share about that experience, because I think it will fascinate a lot of listeners right now. Sure. Um, So I was in nursing school at the time. I was probably 23, 24. And I was with someone, you know, Mm -hmm. romantically. And we would go out to bars as early young 20-year-olds do, especially in New Orleans. Um, And I would always run into this guy. At one point of us going out, we'd run into this guy. And he really stood out from everyone else. I mean, he was super tall and... um, very good looking to be quite honest with right. you. Um, he looked native American. And later on, after we were talking, he, we did talk about spiritual stuff. You know, you get some liquor and you start talking about all kinds <laughs> of stuff. And sure. I would run into him and he would, t- you know, he told me he was native American and she would tell me about some spiritual stuff that he was into. And I honestly don't remember the details. Um, but you know, one time he, started asking me, does your boyfriend treat you right and stuff? I guess he was, yeah. He was fishing. um, (laughs) Yeah. And then he started just like showing up more to where the places that we went. Right. And I started noticing when me and my significant other, we would go back to the apartment. We started hearing like banging noises on the windows, on the doors. And we're like, what the hell is that? And we would look out and open the door, look around. No one was there. And I mean, it was happening all throughout the night. And we we're like, what wow. the hell? And it wasn't like the people upstairs or on the side. It was like outside and sometimes directly on the window right next to our heads. And we're like, what the hell? Right. And um, so, you know, I didn't know what to think of it. Maybe the maybe the apartment was haunted, but I didn't really pick up on anything in particular with yeah. my guests or anything. I'm like, I don't know what this is. So <sighs> leading up to this point, we went to a bar in New Orleans called The Saint. And it's kind of like a dive bar. It's a cool spot, actually. If you're ever in New Orleans, go check out The Saint. There um, we go. Yeah. Shout out so, to The Saint. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were walking into the bar, and I saw that guy that we always saw when we were out. And his face, it was like for a split second, but I looked directly in his face, and his face was totally different. Like it, it changed. Wow. Like his eyes, his eyes were like glowing yellow. Yeah. And his face just looked kind of distorted. And I don't know. It, was str- it just sent like a shockwave through my body. And I was like, what? And like he looked directly at me, like he was sending me a message, like, I know you can see me or something. I don't know how to explain that. Yeah. But that's kind of the vibe I got. And then I remember after we, he went out and I went into the bar. And after that experience, I was just standing at the bar, like dumbfounded, like staring, you know, my boyfriend was like, what do you want to order? And I didn't even hear what he said. I was just like, what was that? And, um, you know, later on, we went back to the apartment and I, we heard the banging noises again. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. And so something just told me I need to look into this. So I started doing some research and I, I found the, the Wendigo or skin skinwalkers. Yes. I, I don't know what I Googled. It was like native American folklore mm-hmm. or native American glowing eyes or something. And then mm-hmm. that popped up because Wendigo down here in new Orleans, that's not something we hear about very often down here. It's not, you know, like voodoo stuff. I could tell you anything about that probably, but Wendigo is not really. Um, so 
you know, the more research I did, I, I remember reading that when they're around, they'll bang on the house of someone that they want to get to like yeah. them banging, banging on the house is like a sign that they, they marked you or something like that. I don't, I don't really remember. Um, and that they usually present with like glowing eyes and things like that. So yeah. I was like, I think, I think this guy is a freaking one of these things or something. Yeah. I don't know. Or communes with one or can summon one. Yeah. And I don't know why if he was like showing himself to me somehow, I don't know why he would. And then I never saw him again. I never wow. saw that guy again. I don't know what happened to him. I think you were definitely picking up on his vibe because of your gift and you were psychically aware and he knew or, you know, your medium, I should say, your medium gifts were aware and he kind of showed his hand and he was aware that you saw it. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, but it's something in the Native American culture that is very common because, in, in you know, in the Native American culture, they very much believe in the veil between the living and the dead being very thin. So they do call upon skinwalkers and Wendigo, and it's just part of their lives. So I think you were definitely experiencing that phenomenon. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, I, I don't know what he would be doing down here in new Orleans, maybe just looking for his next victim. I don't know. Right. Right. Well, you know, the voodoo capital of the, uh, you know, the country is probably, you know, something, uh, <laughs> that was appealing to for him. Maybe so. Now you, what is very interesting is beyond the paranormal world, which is fascinating in and of itself. You have extraterrestrial stories. And that is something I think people are both fascinated and terrified by because when you think of extraterrestrial, you don't feel like you're in control because if they want to take you, they take you. And what can you do? So I'm curious, where did that start for you? When did you start noticing there's something like extraterrestrial happening in my life? Okay. So... My father, he believes he's an alien abductee. Mm -hmm. So, and then, you know, his father, so they're both pilots. My, my father was a pilot and his father was a pilot in the air force. So they're like fascinated with being in the sky and everything to do with that. Um, and you know, they always, both of them always thought aliens existed. And my grandfather was the first one to really, I guess, put that idea in my father's head. And yeah, because his, uh, he had a farm growing up and one time he said that all the cows were missing and they went to go look for the cows. There was literally, I guess like a crop circle or something. Yeah. in I don't know what kind of crops he had, but he said that in, you know, there was a crop circle and all of the cows were stuck in the circle. And they, they couldn't get out. They didn't know how to get out. They looked confused. And there was no, like, track marks as, as to how they got into that circle. Right. And that was, my grandfather said that that's what he witnessed. Um, for me, I didn't have an experience extraterrestrial really until I was probably 19. Right. Uh, but it scared the living hell out of me. 
Yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you want me to yeah. tell that tell, story. Please go ahead. Please. Okay. Um, so I was asleep and woke up to a loud noise in the middle of the night and it was our alarm system. I was living at my family home at the time and it, I was like, what is going on? Kind of confused. And I remember the last thing I remember was I, I was thinking it was a dream that I was going through. So I had a square window and then above it, I had a round window that you could not open or anything like that. And so I was having a dream that I went through the window on like a beam of light. Okay. Like in the fetal position, I went through this window and I landed on my bed. And I was really disoriented, and I heard this, the loud alarm screaming, and I look up, and I see my father standing in the doorway of my room, and he's standing there with a pistol. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And he was like, I, I was just coming to check on you because the alarm said that there was a fault in the window, but he said it was the round window that was you know, you could not open it or anything, but he was like, I was coming to check on you because I didn't know if someone was trying to like break into your room and I was like okay you know I was really disoriented I remember looking down seeing that I was on top of my covers not under my covers but I did I still was just really disoriented I went back to sleep actually and that morning I was like wow you know that was really weird last night and my dad just kind of looked at me with these big eyes and he's like what was that and I'm like wait I don't know I was, you know, I went through what I, the last thing I remember is I went through the round window above my regular window and I landed on my bed and that was like a dream I was having, but you were standing in my door and that really, my doorway. And that really happened that the alarm said that there was a fault in that window that I just dreamed that I went through. And Whoa. he's like, yeah, yeah. Whoa. And so that was kind of this really weird moment for me where I was like, could, could it have been that I actually was like abducted or something and actually somehow went through the freaking window, you know? Right. I mean, to me, that's pretty, I mean, convincing evidence because those alarm systems very, very rarely will default, you know, and have an issue like that. And the fact that, it said there was, you know, something going on with that window and that's what was in your dream. I mean, come on. I mean, there's that, that is like, wow. It's very strange. I mean, I Mm -hmm. guess it could be a coincidence, but I found it to be just, (laughs) I I don't know. It kind of made me double think the whole Because, I mean, I don't know if I really ever fully believed my father that he was an abductee. But after that night, I I really wasn't the same after that night, if you want to know the truth. Yeah, understandable. Well, what's interesting is I've had alien abductees on the show before, one in particular. And there is a tracking, if you will, that occurs when someone is abducted and the alien, you know, species can keep track it's like putting a gps in them and and it can carry through the bloodline and i'm very curious that you know these beings uh could very well be tracking your entire family because of your father's you know experience that he had 
And perhaps that's why you've had such extraordinary experiences of that very nature. Maybe so. I mean, you've definitely had stories. I, I, and I've seen the photographs, by the way. This is, you have to talk about this. You not only captured some thing in the sky, but tell that story about the photo that you took on the back of your car. It's at night. And I saw this photo. There are three beings in the back of your car and they have like translucent heads. And I even, I mean, I lightened the photo. I was like, no, there, there are like three beings standing there behind the car. And then there's this ship in the sky. What was the setup? Like, how did that occur? Please share the story. Um, I mean, I was really honestly just in my car. I think I'd been out with friends and yeah. I was um, sitting in my car for a second, checking my phone. And I remember looking up in my rearview mirror and seeing something bright. And I was like, what is that? And I just kind of stood looking at it for a minute. And I noticed it almost looked like figures of people standing in the street behind yeah. my car, but it didn't quite look right. I was like, okay. Yeah. And the more I was sitting there looking at it, I was like, holy shit, hold on. And I got my phone out and I was like, I just felt like I didn't take a picture of it. So I did. I took a picture of it. And um, I was scared to get out the car. <laughs> yeah. As you can imagine. Yeah. But I, you know, looked down and looked back up and it was gone. And then I just kind of hurried up and get out, got out my car and ran back into the apartment. As fast as I could, but I still have that photo, and so it's incredible. And do you do you still feel that energy around on occasion? Like, do you feel like you're being watched in a way on occasion? Um, sure. I mean, not. It was it was actually really bad when I was in my family home. I would have these moments. I mean, one time I was in like the middle bedroom which is like a, a lounge room yeah. and my father was in his room and all of a sudden out of nowhere I got this weird feeling and I yeah. was like what the hell is that like I felt like something was there and there was a presence and it was heavy and it felt kind of like extraterrestrial I don't know how to explain that yeah and so I get up and it was like I was suddenly in a daze and I get up and I walk outside the room and I turn to the right and my dad is doing the same thing and he's just walking out of his room and we're like zombified kind of. We're looking at each other and we're like, what's going on? Right. And he's like, I don't know what's going on. And I'm like, I don't know. And we just kind of looked at each other like confused. And he's like, I felt really weird. Like I had to come out here. I'm like, me too. You know? Um, yeah. So that kind of stuff would happen at the house, you know, but since I've moved out, it's not. It's not really like that anymore. Okay, right. Um, you don't quite feel like you're under like the magnifying glass, like maybe you did at that particular time. Right. I, I think honestly, a lot of it had to do with my dad. I think he, he yeah. had a lot of weird stuff going yeah. on. Did um, Did your dad ever describe what these things look like or what he perceived them to look like? No. No, not really. He, um, I, he, I don't know if he ever 
would tell me about a time he felt like he was on a ship or anything like that. Right. I just, he said that he would, he just kind of, he said that he had a dream one or a dream. I say a dream. It's kind of like you're in a dream state when it happens, but yeah, he said that one time a creature that he couldn't really see showed him children with these big eyes. And he said, and they told him like telepathically, these are your kids. Yeah. Oh, that's funny because that matches a story of the other gentleman I had on who went through the same thing. That's, that's, that's kind of freaking me out because those stories match. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Wow. Yeah. Reproduction for some reason seems to be big on the agenda of, uh, you know, those, those other beings, I think possibly to assimilate into our culture. That's why that happens. But I mean, it's, it's mind blowing. It really is because I mean, first of all, I believe in it, but it's like the agenda isn't always clear that, that will, you could sit here and just kind of, you know, try to ponder it, but it's, I think it's beyond us. Because I think there are, you know, again, there are interdimensional beings and there are beings from, you know, galaxies we can't even comprehend. Because I, I don't believe, I, let's just put it this way. I think there's a lot more to the world than what our government and our scientists tell us. <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. how much of the ocean do we not even have explored yes. yet? Yes, yes. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I, amen. I completely agree with you. Yes, the ocean has definitely secrets along with many other land points on this uh, terrestrial plane. Right. Now you, I'm, what I love about your story is that, you know, you kind of delved into some other things at other points in your life. And then you kind of came back and had this, this light awakening in your life. And you kind of turned toward what I will say, you know, uh, God and, and the light and, and what brought that about? Yeah. So first of all, I will say the way that I had been living my life, um, I guess I have been drinking a lot and mm-hmm. just kind of making a lot of bad decisions and, yeah. you know, not really living my full potential, just kind of, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm, I've just been depressed and drinking and, you know, but, at the same time, I will say, like, I have been pretty successful. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm functioning and everything, just kind of not really in the best place and drinking a lot. And yeah. in, in April, I got sick, if you will. Yeah. I actually was at work and went down at work during a meeting, super embarrassing, <laughs> um, got tunnel vision and basically almost completely passed out. Um, and not to go too deep into that, but... Here I am months later, found out that I have something called POTS now. Mm -hmm. So basically, when I stand up, my heart races, and sometimes I have tremors, and I shake, and um, brain fog. So anyway, I was unemployed for like six months because Uh I was so sick, and I didn't know what was happening to me, and I couldn't work. And finally, you know, we kind of figured out what was happening to me. And I'm able to work from home. But during that time, it was like a really dark time, as you can imagine, when you first find out that you have potentially yeah. a chronic illness, a chronic illness that turns your life upside down. Yeah. Um, and I had to be sober throughout the whole time. I couldn't drink at all. 
not that I was an alcoholic or anything before, right, right. Okay, but I was, you know, like three times a week or something, three, four times I would, I would have wine and stuff. And no, uh, I mean, seriously, thank you for your honesty and just being relatable to people. You're just being real. So thank you for that real answer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Um, but I was just like, not really living my life that great. And mm -hmm. it wasn't until I got sick that I had to sit and, you know, look at myself and be like, you know, you're out there drinking, giving readings to people at bars. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. Um, isn't so bad, I guess. But, <laughs> um, like, what are you doing with your life? Mm -hmm. You know, you're kind of just like stagnant. And, you know, I, I felt like the darkness was kind of winning, if you will, because I wasn't doing what I'm supposed to be doing, really, which I kind of found my calling during those six months i was like you know i felt god i reached out to god because i was yeah. really not in a good place and for the first time in my life i reached out to god and i was like okay i think i'm ready i'm ready to you know bring you in look. to my life <laughs> yeah and like yeah i'm just taking a good hard look at myself yeah as well and during that time i got this idea which i do think the other side was kind of helping me with this um to make soap but put water from lord's france in there amazing uh, i love yeah. this idea please expand more on that yeah so lord's france they have this spring there where people go into the water and sometimes come out healed if they have a chronic condition or you know just sickness in general and the vatican has recognized this now as a legitimate thing that's happening yeah so i was like well, let me go ahead and order this water and make this soap and give it to people or you know sell it and see if maybe it'll help people yeah this is literally so, healing soap i love this whole concept i really do i can't tell you how much you know joy that brought to my face as soon as you said that idea i was like i smiled i was like that is not only brilliant, but what a wonderful thing to do. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is I'm a registered nurse and I felt really stifled that I could not work. I could not help people. I could not heal people. And I'm like, you know, and I also felt like Western medicine, I hate to say this because I am a medical professional, mm -hmm. kind of, fa it was failing me. Like yeah. I am, I'm still not better you know mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and they don't really have like a cure for me so i'm like let's see if god will help me and all these other people that are struggling that don't have something to cure them you know yeah so i still hated the call just in a different way i guess no i love this i have to tell the audience i have purchased this soap it is not only first of all it smells amazing it really does. I ordered the Volcano soap. It's fantastic. It's so light, too. It feels great on your skin. And you have Lord's Water in there. I mean, how? I mean, you, you can't get a better <laughs> cleanse than that, both spiritually and physically, in one shot, <laughs> which I absolutely yeah. love. Yeah, thank you. That's exactly what I was going for. <laughs> and we have to, yeah. like, yeah, tell them, like, where 
can people get this and what type of soaps that you offer? Yeah, so I can definitely upload more soaps if people are interested because I have a whole, I have really a whole realm of different types of soaps. Mm -hmm. um, but I do have an Etsy shop um, and it's called Divine Soap by Nikki. Um, that's so, that's N-I-K-K-I. That is correct. Yep, N-I-K-K-I. So, yeah, if you guys want to go check it out. <laughs> yes. They must. I'm telling them they must go. It is the real deal. I know because I've been using it. So this isn't bullshit. This is the real deal. <laughs> this is great stuff. Yeah, I'm glad you like it. I really do. And you have such a variety, which is wonderful. There's something for everybody in there. And I love that you even have one for those with sensitive skin, which I do have. So you pick the right soap to send to me which is phenomenal. So thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> so people, again, that's Divine Soaps by Nikki at Etsy. Go check the page out. You will not be disappointed. Now, Nikki, what else is happening in your life? What is the, first of all, actually, I should ask, what is the latest experience you've had? Have you had anything recent? happen that's kind of out of the ordinary hmm, let's see recently i mean besides i feel like god and the other side knocking me down to completely change my life yeah i mean that's a big one <laughs> that's yeah, the biggest you know, one i i think i'm having some type of spiritual transformation yeah. right now to be yeah. honest with you i think yeah. i think God or, you know, the people on the other, my ancestors on the other side or the angels, whatever you want to, you know, somebody yeah. over there was like enough. You have things you've got to do. You've got spiritual work. You've got to do, you got to help people and you got to stop living your life this way, the way that you are living it. It's beautiful. Um, it really is. So, it's a, it's a beautiful yeah. inspirational story. And it's wonderful that you had the courage to listen to that voice when it called out to you. Yeah. I mean, I was, I lost 10 pounds, was bedridden for a while. And I was like, what is the point of this? Because I really believe there's points to, you know, there's a, I really do believe there's a reason for everything. And finally I got my answer, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And you're really such a, a good soul. You really are. And I want you to know that there's definitely a reason that you and I are having this conversation tonight. And I think somebody out there might be listening that perhaps was flirting with the idea of like, you know, trying some spells out or, you know, any number of things on the paranormal realm. And you might have helped stop that, you know? So thank you for that. Yeah. I mean, you know, what's interesting is I used to be fascinated by that. I could burn a candle mm -hmm. and, you know, set my intention and actually see it work in real time. Right. Cause I'm going to be honest with you. It works. It worked for me. Right. The problem was the problem was, is that it kind of opened doors. Yes. Even, you know, even yes. for someone as like sensitive as me, I thought I was protecting myself. Well, I don't think so anymore. I think, I think I was more affected by opening those doors than I realized. Yeah. 
And now that I've actually kind of found God, if you will, I really do kind of feel like I did. Yeah, I, um, I think I know you I did. Have, yeah, I feel like I have no interest in that. Like I think about it and I'm like, why? You know, I'm like, that seems like a different person to me now. Wow. That is so, seriously, that is wonderful. I don't think there's a more powerful story you can tell than the story you just told. I mean, and now you're wearing God's armor. So why do you need that other stuff? And and that's, I mean, so refreshing and wonderful to hear. Yeah. I mean, I met, I met a woman that told me as much. She, it was, that's an interesting story. I don't know if you have any time for that. Yeah, we have some time for that. Go ahead. Yeah. So, um, this was a couple of years ago. I went to my friend, he was in a band and I went to go support him. And, um, I was sitting out in the crowd and they had this lady come in there and sit next to me and we get to talking. And, um, she was actually friends with the, my, my friend's mother. So she was like basically family. Um, and so we get talking and I kind of start looking at her and I'm like, I, I was getting that vibe, you know? And I'm like, you look like you do some type of reading or something like that. And she was like, yeah, you're kind of close. And, um, I was like, it's angels, isn't it? You can commune with angels. Right. And she's like, come here. And she grabs me. She's like, let's go talk in the car. And I'm like, okay. So we go talk in the car and we talked for hours. Um, and unfortunately I missed my friend's show, but it was so interesting. She was like, only people that have a gift from God can see who I really am. And she told me she believed she was actually a human angel, that she was an angel. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, you know, I was, I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. okay, cool. And she's like, you know, you have a choice that you have to make. And that's why this is happening right now. You have a choice. You can either choose God and actually really choose God or something really evil is going to come and grip you because you're leaving all kinds of messy energy doors open. And, um, it, that I still find that interaction really interesting, whether she really is a human angel or not. I have no idea, but I do feel like that message was for me. Oh, it definitely was. Whether she was a human angel or just in God's light, it doesn't matter because the result was the same and it helped yeah. open the door for you. Yeah. And she asked me, she was like, why can't you let go of all this other stuff? Why can't you just choose God? And I said, I don't know. I just still feel like that stuff is very alluring to me, you know? Yeah. And she's like, well, you, you have to choose you need to choose and this, and then this happens to me years later and it's the choice is obvious. You know, it was obvious for me. Really? That's amazing. I'm actually really glad you told that story. And I have to tell you, I'm so happy to have you on. Um, I can't believe that we almost used up all the time. See, see how quickly that went. Yeah. <laughs> so my final question is, Nikki, would you come back sometime and tell us some more stories and update us on everything going on in your life? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if y'all want to hear it, I'm here for it. I definitely want to have you back on. You've had, first of all, you've just fascinating stories. You have an extraordinary life and you are a really good soul. So thank you for your honesty and your courage 
and your beautiful light. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me on the on the podcast today. Absolutely. I'm going to ask you to hold on one second so I can thank you off air, if you don't mind. Okay. Absolutely. But for Footsteps in the Attic, this is Brian Hobson. For the beautiful Nikki Lee, we'll see you next week.